to Should I Wish Someone Told Me, a series of conversations with my guests and I, where we talk about all of the shit that we wish someone had told us at one point or another, relating back to the topic of all you and how to figure out who that person is and how to accept that person and be confident okay. in who that is. And so um, with Ooh. that being said, I am your host, John Renee. Certified evidence-based life coach specializing in behavioral change and teaching you research-backed techniques using brain science to help you finally feel good and create the changes that you want and make them actually stick so that you can be who you want to be and live the life that you can love. And joining us today, we have Audrey. Round of applause. Oh, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. She is from um, A underscore medics underscore heart. And she is a first responder and life coach. And so what we're going to be talking about today is who to care for first, specifically focusing on why we unknowingly people please in terms or in, as a way to validate like our self-worth and, you know, be worthy of love, which you're inherently worthy of love sidebar, mm -hmm. but we'll talk more about mm -hmm. that in just a second, what that looks like whenever we are doing that type of behavior and how to actually start putting yourself first. As a disclaimer, we're not doctors, this is not medical advice. We are speaking from our own personal experience and what we know as coaches. And um, we are doing that to help you understand the importance of your own self-worth and to give you permission, not that you need it, to put yourself first without feeling guilty. And so if you are experiencing symptoms of depression, then please do reach out to the appropriate sources. We have some references that we're going to link and some resources in the description and you can also slide into our dms we're happy to send them to you um specifically we have some resources related to first responder mental health um for you today and so if that's something you need let us know and we were happy to provide so without further ado let me introduce you to audrey so audrey is an award-winning paramedic she won the Stroke Care Award in 2019. She started out as a volunteer in the fire department in 1994, whenever you were just 17, which is crazy. So it is, it is crazy. Awesome. That's a minute ago. Um, so yeah, that's, we, we got, we got an expertise, we got an expert on our hands. I have some experience. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. So you just retired from being president and EMS captain at a local volunteer fire department. You are also a certified life coach with Journey. That's how we know each other. Shout out mm -hmm. to Journey as of February of 2021. Perfect timing. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> um, and you now offer life coaching and emergency service personnel, life coaching services to emergency service personnel and their families. You believe in being an honest catalyst for peace and change in people's lives. And your personal experience with abuse, self-esteem, and burnout have motivated you to give people the support and understanding that you lacked. So we are grateful mm -hmm. to have you here. A couple of fun facts. Oh, thank you. That. You raised <laughs> emu and ostriches and alpaca in a past life. Yeah, it's true. That's it's cool. true. <laughs> what, what, in New York? Pennsylvania. Okay. okay yeah, cool. Um, and you're looking to get back into that. I would like to do some. Yeah, some. Now, let me just tell you, ostriches will kick your butt. So <laughs> probably not that. <laughs> I, I've heard. So... Okay, good to know. Good to know. I'll be on the lookout next time I see an ostrich wandering around. Yeah, um, just also let him do his thing. Your own tea, which is cool. I'm a big Oh, tea. yeah. I'm I love tea. tea. I love tea. I got a t-shirt on. That's I'm, hilarious. Yeah. 
the, yeah, I like the, the matchas and like the ones with like the little, mm. like the stuff in it, like the, the strawberries yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. Like the, the bougie tea. So, okay. With all that being said, we know we're here. We know what we're doing. We know who you are and we're going to get to know a bit more about that. So let's just kick it off. What is some shit that you wish someone would have told you about being a first responder and how that impacts your view of yourself? Well, that, uh, that gets heavy real quick. <laughs> so, um, something I wish people would have told me is, um, just exactly how I would end up being burnt out for one thing. Like that's just a small sidebar, but, um, yeah, it's really a hard job because you focus all the time on other people and not necessarily focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. In fact, almost never focus on yourself. Now I know there's people out there that, they're very fit. We see firemen. I see firemen all the time on Instagram and stuff like that. But that's their thing. They're also that's teaching people how to work out and stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, but most of us aren't like that in EMS. You know, most of us are definitely about the job and about just taking care of people and doing the job. And then we go home and we don't even think about ourselves when we're at home. So. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we are talking about this conversation and what we're going to be speaking to you all about um i brought up that i had an experience with someone where i feel that like their entire life they've just found different professions that Mm -hmm. are ways to validate that they're worthy of love and so for example um they've always been in like the service like the literal like military service um in like a coaching capacity and also like as a first responder and so you know whenever you think about it, like in our personalities and like, you know, why do we, you know, how, how do we become who we are? And it was something where I had a moment where I was like, you know, I wonder if there's more than just like, you're doing this, you know, because, you know, you, you feel good. Like we all, we're all motivated, we're all motivated from something. And so I wanted to bring this conversation to light because I think so many people do things because we are, you know, subconsciously, we are seeking some sort of validation Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. I talk about this a lot because we want that love and belonging. And I think it is particularly, um, the, like it's particularly present in terms of people who put their life on the line to do things. And so I think yeah. that self-care is important for everyone, but particularly for those who are, you know, potentially there at every time you clock in, like you're, you're putting your life on the line. And I think that that's something mm-hmm. that like we know, but we don't really give that the volume of attention and respect that it necessarily deserves. True. It's true. Um, they teach us, you know, safety first. Every single class you ever go to, when you learn anything like this, it's always, you know, make sure things are safe, make sure you're safe, make sure your scene is safe, and there's nothing crazy going on there, and you're not going to get shot. But at the end of the day, you are going to get criticized if you say, oh, this is unsafe, and you leave somewhere, you know. Um, but also at the end of the day, are you going home and making a safe space for yourself? You know, there's a whole other level of safety that we don't even touch on. And, um, I, I think that's really important. And I find that, you know, the people that leave this profession have reached a point where they have come to the realization that that's what they're missing. Mm. They're not actually getting what they need. And the only way a lot of times to find that for yourself is to just leave. And that's not necessarily 
that's not a necessity. I don't think, you know, I think a lot of uh, conversations can happen to change how you feel about things, how you're handling things, um, how even perhaps you and your partner and your work is handling things. There's a lot of opportunity out there for change. People just unfortunately don't realize it or think about it until it's kind of too late. Yeah. Which I mean, is true. I think in so many other areas of life as Mm -hmm. well, like Mm -hmm. we don't make a change until like we're forced to do so until it gets to that breaking point, if you will. And again, like why this conversation I think is so important because like you said, like it doesn't have to get there. That's something that has been coming up a lot in terms of like, it doesn't have to be a breakdown. It can be a breakthrough. Like you don't have to hit the wall in order to start to make some of these changes. And something that I want to ask you about, and that is like, we just talked about how literally like you're putting your life on the line which thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do that and like you have those experiences where it's like, oh shit, that was close today. Like, do you go home and process that? Like, do you just kind of block it out? Like, how do you navigate like those instances and the instances where, like you said, you're kind of like, well, shit, that, that does not look safe, but you know, everyone's there and you're like, well, I have to put on a big front or put on like a a tough exterior or whatever the case may be and actually like move forward, even though you're like, I know better. So like, Mm -hmm. what, how do you, I mean, that was like a a big question, but how do you process like those moments when something happens and it needs to be processed, like be filed away, like put in your brain, but like you get home, like you're tired, you've worked into 12 hour shift. Like how, how, tell me, just tell me, how do you do it? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Some of the things I found that help me, Mm -hmm. because of course, again, I'm coming from my personal experience here is, um, I like to write things down so that I can just kind of let it go. Right. Um, I'm not carrying it with me because that's when you run into trouble is when you're carrying things with you. Um, I also have a few friends who are also in the same profession and we kind of just give ourselves, it gives each other the space to just kind of go, this was shit. (laughs) This is what happened today. And, um, you know, I think too, personally, I, because I have some experience with, um, like abusive situations. Um, I know that I really have to watch what I allow myself to be involved with. Um, and I know when I hit kind of a trigger point, if you will, um, you know, when things are going to get bad for me and I really need to make sure that, I'm definitely, you know, writing this down. I'm definitely getting it out of my system or I'm definitely working out an extra time just because, you know, I know that I have that, like you get that fear inside of you sometimes, or, you know, um, if it was a situation where you're actually, where your life was threatened, which happens, you know, um, you need to definitely have in place some sort of system that allows you to experience that emotion and then let it go. So whenever you're on the, whenever you're there, like that's not the time or the place, like you can't because it's not right. You've got to go, like you've got to do, like you've got to survive. You've got to make sure that whatever you're doing is going to ensure that you can like live to process this. And so do you, do you then, whenever you're processing, like, do you make like an active, like after each shift, like this is what it is or after those situations or how do you, what does that look like? Okay. So, um, 
after each shift for me is more like a just a downtime. The whole like next 24 hours are pretty much going to be me not being on my phone, not taking in any more because I don't need more. Um, and then it's going to be just based on, you know, how bad was it? Was there an experience today or was this just a normal day where I, you know, I just did a nominal number of things that aren't, you know, here or there. Because sometimes, you know, EMS is like that. It's all kinds of heck thrown at you or it's kind of boring and just mundane and just normal stuff, you know. So um, my day after is just usually spent kind of just recouping and being myself in my own space and doing what I want. And I save those times when things were bad. Um, I save those people for those specific events. Um, you know, I'm sure that it would be different for other people sometimes, but for me, that's the way I, that's the way I cope with it. Gotcha. And how did you learn that that's what worked for you? Um, unfortunately I had to learn through experience. I didn't really have anyone to walk me through the system and say, okay, in 10 years, this is how it's going to be for you. So you're going to need to have things in place. It was literally a, what do I want to do here? I had to ask myself questions. And mm -hmm. those things I learned from either coaches, because I have been coached before, but I've also been through therapy. You know, um, I do recommend it highly when you hit that point where you know you can't deal with something. And it's just a little more than what coaching would handle for you. Um, definitely seek someone out. But yeah, it was really just about experience and knowing that uh, this is what makes me feel good versus this, you know. Um, I know that I want to eat healthy because that's better for my body. So when I'm recovering, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm eating my meats and my vegetables and maybe not as many carbs and all those things. Um, but that's all, again, things that you have to seek out and learn about on your own and figure out, is this what's helping me more than saying play video games all day? Right. You know, right. The whole like trial and error. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is like you said, like, it is something that I think we all have to like figure out on our own. And yeah, like same, like you said, like there, it'd be cool if there was someone, but you know, we're here having like the conversation to be able to kind of like prep people and say like, Hey, don't let it get to that breaking point. Like, Hey, don't, don't like wait until you're there. Like you can start to do things now that like, like you said, will kind of tell you like, is this giving me energy or is this draining my energy? Like don't no no middle in between bucket, like put it in one or the other. And so if, you know, like you mentioned, after you play video games, like if you're tired, like ready to take a nap, then maybe that's not what you need <laughs> after you've also done some really intensive, like overwhelming work. Like, right. so let's just start to be mindful of that. Um, so you mentioned that you realized that, like you said, you know, you need to put yourself first. How has that mm -hmm. learning translated into other areas of your life? Um, it it's really been impactful. Like it sounds like simple and like, yeah, it's going to be that way. And I just, but I don't think I ever realized when I started on this kind of journey of uh, like self-awareness and trying to take care of myself, just exactly all the things that it has impacted in my life. You know, um, I'm very aware now when I go places even and people that I talk to and who do I want to talk to? Not that I'm, you know, out there like just ignoring people, but you know, there's toxic people everywhere. And you have to have limits. And I think that was something that I'd never, ever heard of until like five years ago. And 
<laughs> I'm so grateful for learning about that and having boundaries and being able to set boundaries now. Right. Um, because it's just, it's taken over everything. It's like I shop somewhere different than the city that I work in because I don't want to see people that I know from work, you know? Right. So like, um, I have those kind of boundaries as well. It's not just about, all right, this is a dangerous situation we're going into. And maybe my partner is a big male and I'm a small female. I mean, I know you can't tell from here, but I'm only five, two, you know, like I'm little. I'm five, three. There you go. Yeah. So I might let him go in first for certain things or, you know, like, I mean, there's all kinds of different boundaries, whether we're talking about work or whether we're talking about personal that, um, that I've set for myself. And I think that it's awareness, awareness. That's the key word here. Awareness. You have to know what you need and what you want and then figure out how to get that for yourself. Yes. I was going to say, I love that. Like awareness. I say that all the time. The first step for anything is awareness, but mm -hmm. then you actually have to do something because mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you said. Like, and then figuring out how to get that because I mean, you, you can know, you can know what your boundaries are, but yeah. if you don't actually take action to enforce them and tell other people what your boundaries are, then like that's, that's, that's on you. Like that's, you can't exactly. blame other people for not knowing that you set this boundary in your head. Like you have to act on them. And so, yeah, I think that that is definitely key. Like realizing before shit hits the fan and then actually taking that action to give yourself what you need. And mm -hmm. another question I had for you was how has that helped you to feel more confident and feel more worthy now that you have these boundaries and like, you know, like, you know, what is important to you and you know, you have, an, an idea of how important self-care is like how has that impacted your confidence and self-worth um it's it's made me much more confident um i um you know i used to be one of those because again i'm little i think that that helped uh, make me just be a quiet person um you know i grew up in a family i was the only kid and i spent so much time with my grandma and she was the cleaning lady at the senior center. So then I spent so much time there. And what are you supposed to do there? You're five. Well, you're supposed to sit at the desk and color in your coloring book and mind your business. Yeah. And that's what I did for most of my life. And so, um, you know, having a skill of setting boundaries for yourself really flips the script for you. It really makes you... Um, be more outgoing because you understand that you can handle whatever's going to happen next, you know? So I really, if you can learn how to set some boundaries for yourself and do it, that's an amazing thing for you. Like that's going to completely change your life. I love that you called it a skill because you're right. Like I think that boundaries uh -huh. is like a huge buzzword in the mental health and like self-help and coaching arena right now. But yeah, like it is a skill. It's not just something that you can then pick up. Oh, Joe in the house. Joe said, in our fire department, we have our EMTs and firefighters work out in CrossFit to help release that stress. Awesome. How has working out helped you or has working out helped you? Okay, so working out has helped me a lot. Um, uh, some people too that I'm going to throw out there at some point um, wrote a book about burnout. And I'm going to tell you that they are so strongly behind the importance of working out because because when we have emotions especially strong emotions we hold them in our bodies and we're not supposed to do that that's not how it's meant to be and sometimes the only way you can get them out is to move yes you need to move and i mean sometimes for me movement the only movement i can do is walk you know like there are days when i'm just whooped but 
There are days when I kill it. Today, I, I shoveled snow for 45 minutes, and I worked out for 30 minutes today. Just so you know. <laughs> I cannot with the snow, but like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think it really, really helps even just, well, for one thing, it can help with that confidence too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just feel better about yourself because, hey, I did something and I did something that I haven't done before or I, you know, I did it for 10 consecutive days. You know, like th- that's a step. Everything's a step. But I'm just saying, yes, work out, whether whatever you're doing, walking, if you need to add to it, I think CrossFit would be really fun. Um, I live in a very rural area, though, so I would have to drive. And I know that I'm a little bit lazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, you know, I do stuff online mostly um i do belong to a program right now and and you know there's something every day every single day that you can be doing but yes i absolutely believe working out is really very 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 important so but that's another thing that you have to be aware of your body and what you're capable of and you have to start at a level that you can handle and i think that um you know habits are important but habits are hard to build so you know Mm -hmm. sometimes that first step is all you can do for the first two weeks Mm-hmm. you know so that. you yeah. can't expect anything right away yes yes and i love everything about what you said yeah movement i like to say is the quickest way to show your body that you are in control because you can think things mm-hmm. right like you can mm-hmm. sit here and try to talk yourself into like i'm gonna get up and go work out i'm gonna get up and go work out if you just get up and go work out exactly what you said like you're building self-confidence you are building inner trust because you're telling mm-hmm. your brain that you will do the things that you say that you're going to do. And that's the quickest way to build confidence, hands down. Just do the things that you say you're going to do. Yeah. And I love that, yeah, you you are a big believer in the movement because, yeah, it doesn't have to be a particular kind of movement. Just the act of moving yeah. is a way to, like, regulate your nervous system and a way to, like you said, like, feel more confident because it's something that you are recognizing that, hey, like, I said I was going to do this thing. Now I did it. I can believe myself. And so therefore moving forward, you're going to be more apt to trust yourself and your judgments because you know that you can count on yourself. And so that's like where that self-trust and like resilience, like all comes into play and like the confidence. So yes, I love that. Love, love, love. So thank you, Joe, for that question. Yeah. Um, Thanks. (laughs) Let's talk. Why is it that we unknowingly people please as a way to validate our worthiness? We're we're going, we're going in. All right. We're going in. (laughs) Um, So, uh, personally, I think that, you know, I think things happen to us when we're young and I think it starts there. And I think a lot of times we just build on feelings or things that we learn, like coping skills that we learn and we don't necessarily even understand why or how, you know, we just do what we do. You know, I just go to family dinner on the weekend because that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. You know, um, so first I think you have to realize that a lot of times when you talk about people pleasing, it's something you learned a long time ago, you know, and you might not even be aware of what exactly it was or what that moment was that said to you to be this way, but that's up to you to figure out what that is. You know, um, I do think that lots of people do it. I know I've done it. Definitely. I used to do it. Just, I was a horrible people pleaser. <laughs> I'd like to say recovered, but you know, I'm working on it, but yeah, I think, um, Boy, the whys could be so many things. And I think, that, again, the most important thing is awareness, that you know you're doing it and you can figure out um, how to change that. You can. Yeah. yeah, I think that you're exactly right. Like, it starts somewhere. Like, we uh-huh. we have this innate, like, you know, 
like I said, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like we need to be um, well, experience like feelings of love and belonging before we yeah. can experience self-esteem and self-actualization. So it's ingrained in our DNA. Like community is how we, you know, evolved from, you know, making fire with sticks. And so with yeah. that, it's a situation where, you know, you have to be present to that. But I think what happens oftentimes is that, like you pointed out, like toxic people are everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And so we get in a position where we don't necessarily try to find those that are like our people so much as we just sort of settle for those that are around us because right. we've been conditioned. Like you said, like I just go to family dinners and it's just something that you've always done. And so unless someone brings it to your awareness, it's nothing that you've ever thought about stopping to say like, Hey, like, is that person really the kind of, is that really like, are, are we really compatible? Like, is this really like my, my kind of a person? And so, um, I think with that being said that one of the reasons is it's deeply ingrained and because we've never taken the time to get to know who we really are. And with that, we have never really gotten the opportunity to say like, are these relationships in my life actually serving me and my true self? Or are they just kind of existing because they've always been there and we just are none the wiser because no one's ever said like, hey, you should probably think about that. And so that's something that I like to, that's why we're having this conversation so yeah. that you can get that awareness and have that and like, you know, look around at the people because you might look around and be like, you know what, that one's an asshole and that's okay. You know, like, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you have to wish them ill. It just means that like, maybe that's not your person right now. Maybe, right. maybe you go hang out with someone else next Saturday instead of just going to hang out with them again. Cause that's what you've always done. Right. So that's all we're saying there. So I think too, um, another thing that, you know, I wish I was more aware of something I, I do wish somebody had told me earlier was <laughs> not everyone has the same heart as you either. So a lot yes. of times you don't feel things um, even if they are there, you know, um, there's different love styles, for example, and maybe yours is one thing, but the people around you is something different. And so that's going to keep you at a distance and keep you wanting to get, you know, that love and that validation from right. people. Even if you don't realize that you're already getting it, you might still be trying to get it from other sources because you're just not, or from those people. And you're just not realizing that it's actually there for you because you're not aware of that kind of thing. So learn, learn, learn. There's lots of education out there. Yes. And I love that you pointed that out. Like, why do we go to, why is it the person that like, doesn't like us that we always go to? And that's again, our primal yeah. need for love and belonging and also our negativity bias. We are going to, whatever is a threat to our survival, which in this case, not being accepted because that would mean that we're rejected from the tribe. And that would mean that we are at a risk of surviving to live to see the next day. So whenever that is present, our negativity bias is going to therefore imprint that on us more than it is like mm -hmm. all the people that love us. And so that's why we are so fixated on like, well, why don't they just like me? Like, what did I do? Like, and we try right. because we're like, but look at how good I am. No, no. Look in the mirror, look in the mirror. You are good and you don't have to prove it to anybody. And I think that that is some shit yeah. that everybody needs to know. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely. Oh my goodness. So many times, like, I think that was a really good thing that I learned. It was a, lo a long time ago. It was a lesson from a long time ago that I learned where, oh, they're just different than me. You know, look at them. They, they are actually putting forth effort into my life. And I'm just not seeing it because I put forth effort differently. Not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Exactly. 
So what does it look like when we unknowingly people please to validate ourselves? Like what, what are some examples that you have? Um, I think, well, sometimes it's definitely my job, but <laughs> that's just on a whole, um, my personal opinion. Um, I think it's a weird, I think it's a weird job to have because you're out there trying for people that you don't know and you're, you're getting paid. It's your job. So you really shouldn't expect more, but you do. Mm. So, um, but I think, you know, my personal opinion, I think it's made me maybe annoying to some people because I've, you know, yeah, just kind of overstepped my boundaries in it. Like, Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then I think I overcompensate. So then I just kind of get quiet and I kind of disappear into the background. And so, you know, there's that confidence thing again, where if I could just had some boundaries and some understanding, um, I maybe wouldn't be that I wouldn't be the annoying person, but I also wouldn't be the quiet person. I would have a nice gray area in the middle. And I think that um, actually coming to terms with that um, in the last maybe 10 years or so in, in a really concrete kind of way has just made me a much better person. But yeah, I can definitely say, Oh yeah, I was either annoying or I was quiet. So, you know, I've had to find that area. I love that. I love that you are being so transparent about the fact that like, there's it's like a pendulum, right? Like, as yeah to whatever degree we're one thing it's going to swing to the other and so mm -hmm. eventually you're going to find that equilibrium that like that medium like you said like that gray area as you yep. put it and so yeah i think that that's true for me as you were talking i was reminded of yeah like i've either been very much like well i can help like well i could do that well like blah blah, blah. yeah or yeah. um i've been exact the opposite like i am working through we're all it's always a process but um whenever I am around women and like I shrink myself because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. And so um, I will very much like people please in that way. Because if mm -hmm. I think that, you know, if I have an idea that I think will like outshine them or not even outshine them, but you know, if I have an idea that could be perceived as a threat, I'll, I won't say it. Like <laughs> uh -oh. I'll just be quiet. I'll be like, well, I'm not sure. Like, well, maybe we could do this. Like just like a cowering little like scaredy cat. And so, yeah. yeah, it comes up in exactly what you said, either like overbearing, like too much, like, oh my God, like stop. Who is or, this person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it can come across as like, well, like a, you'll, you'll be like a doormat, not like a doormat, but like kind of a doormat. Like you just yeah. shrink yourself mm -hmm. and that's not doing anybody any favors because like one of the, the best things about being who you are is that it, and it, it just gives people permission to do the same. Like by mm -hmm. you being you, you set the example for other people to do the same. And so if you aren't being who you are, then other people aren't going to know that they can be just as great because whatever yeah. we see in others is a reflection of what we will actually exist within ourselves because that's why we recognize it because we, we know it, it's familiar. And so we can either be inspired by it or we can be triggered by it. They're both triggers actually, but you can either take that in a way of like being motivational and like, well, I want to do that too. Like what actions can I take? Mm -hmm. Or you can, you know, be bitter about it. Well, like, what did they have? Why does it come so easy for them? And so yeah. I think that, yeah, like people pleasing um, and yeah, looking to others to validate ourselves is something that we do in lots of different ways. But I love that you had like those two pendulums like as well, because hashtag same. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some poll results. We asked you all um, 
how important it is to prioritize your needs. And so this was like a slider question. And it looked like about 95 to 90% of y'all were like, it's the most important thing. And so love that. Your awareness is there. That is what that tells me. What does that say to you? Yes, I, I would like to do a follow-up question and say, how are you acting on that? Yes. Yes, I was like, we should have, we did not. But the follow-up question is like, you know it's important, so are you doing it? Right. So yeah, I love that question. So um, for anyone that is listening, watching, if mm. you know it's important, are you actually doing it? And if you're actually doing it, don't bullshit yourself. What are you actually doing? Yeah. Yes. Because sometimes, yeah, we're like, yeah, I prioritize my needs. Like, I brushed my teeth this morning. But that is the basics. <laughs> That is the basics. Like, yeah. Yeah. What else did you do? Did you journal for 20 minutes though? Like, you know, did you yeah. Your body? Did yeah. You tell yourself what a bad bitch you are. Like, exactly. Did, did you do these things or no? Did you like change your underwear and brush your teeth? Because like those are, no, you should do those anyway. Like that's yeah. not good. Good. But like the, we, we, it's basics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, cool. This question this question, we talked about this, I posted about this. I, when I ask it, let me tell you what it is. So it is at the end of the week, do you feel drained <laughs> AF or like ready to go do more? Like, are you ready? Like, yes, it's the weekend. I can't wait. I've got all these plans. Like that was my intention for this question. And I expected more people to say that they felt drained. Honestly, right. I expected that. I did not expect 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yep. That they feel drained AF. Mm -hmm. What the fuck does that tell you? Well, it tells me that they're not following up <laughs> with actions. They're not. They're, they're not. But yeah, the action, mm -mm. That, yeah, yeah. that was kind of like an answer to that question. So, I mean, I would love to dissect that. I love that thing. That is my goal when I like coach people. Why? Why do you feel that way? How do you feel about your job? What is holding you back? Is there tons of things you want to change about your life? Or is there one thing, you know, like, let's dissect the shit out of that. Like, I'm all over it. Tell yeah. me. I have tons of questions. Tons. Yeah. Why do you feel this way? What can we do to fix it? Yeah. What are you willing to do to fix it? Because those are two different things. <laughs> you yes. know, yeah. Yeah. That's the one that gets me excited. <laughs> do what? That's the one that gets me excited. Like, yeah. yes, there's work here. <laughs> I think that another good question that I would like to suggest there as well is, is it an emotional drain? Is it a physical drain? Is it yeah. like, because you could have a strenuous job where like you, just, maybe you just need more sleep. Maybe, maybe you just okay. need a consistent sleep and wake schedule. Maybe that would right. help solve a lot of it. Or it could be like an emotional drain. Like you said, like maybe you hate your job and it's like sucking the life out of you or maybe there's a relationship. So yeah, like there's, there's so many follow-up questions. And if you want to talk about those, slide into our DMs because absolutely, yeah, like the research in me is like, but why? And that's what I posted mm -hmm. to. I was like, what does that say about us as a society? Like that a hundred percent respondents. It's not pretty. I mean, I, I try to be optimistic, but a lot of times I'm a pessimist and I'm, I'm a big pessimist when it comes to is society meeting our needs or allowing us to meet our needs? Because I don't think it is. Sorry. It is not meeting, it is not meeting my needs. So mm. we had said as well that, you know, since that is such a present concern for everyone, we're going to talk about some simple shifts that you can take to actually start to 
create changes so that you don't feel drained at the end of the day. And I think, you know, start number one is going to be to ask yourself the questions that we just threw out here. So if you need to play back or whatever, um, yeah, ask yourself those questions, I think would be a great place to start. What advice do you have? Um, my advice is always, number one, that you have to be honest. And I know that sounds really simple, but I'm not just talking about being honest. I'm not just throwing out a buzzword there. I really mean you have to be honest with yourself about how you're feeling. Yep. You have to be honest with yourself about what's happening in your life. And you're going to have to be honest with yourself about what you're going to do about it. Yep. So I think those are just three. I think I had four actually things of being honest, ways to be honest with yourself. But um, that's going to help you create that awareness of who you are and what you want. And I think that's just a really important place to start. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we're making, we're, we're not, like you said, like, it sounds simple. Be honest to yourself. That sounds simple. But we're offering you simple suggestions and simple changes. Because if we would give you some big elaborate thing, you wouldn't do it. Your brain right. wouldn't do it. Like, you wouldn't do it. You would look at it and be like, fuck, I've got enough to do. I'm not doing that stuff, too. And so we're offering you these simple changes. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we go through these, because we have a couple more. Like, if it sounds simple, then it should, because you want it to be doable for you. Again, that's going to build your inner trust when you actually do these things. And so, yeah, that's, that's why it sounds simple, because it is. And this is what's going to actually create sustainable change. And like we mentioned earlier, like build habits, because you're just making small little tweaks. You just need like a little bit of a shift in order to create massive long-term changes and actually, you know, create a whole new identity, a whole new way of being. And so that's why these changes are very simple. So ask yourself the questions, get honest with yourself. Like you're, yeah, don't, don't bullshit. Like, oh yeah, like I, I gave myself self-care by brushing my teeth. Like, no, 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 no. Like, what did you actually do? And another thing that I had is take five to 10 minutes at the night in the evening to reflect on your accomplishments for the day. That's going to like boost your self-esteem, positive psychology. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to, again, show you what you did because most of us mm -hmm. are so fucking busy. I'm going to tell you, you get done with your day and you're just tired. You're like, I just want to sit and do nothing. I feel you at the same time, set a phone alarm, set a timer, take mm -hmm. five to 10 minutes, just write down mm -hmm. your accomplishments because what you're going to notice is that you did a lot more than you were aware of. And that again is going to build your confidence and your inner trust and your ability to actually move forward and you're just going to like boost your self-esteem all the good things another mm -hmm. thing then is to take five to ten minutes it can be within the same thing just you know take some time jot out five to ten bullet points or just like brain dump five to ten of your accomplishments and then from there move into what's your tomorrow going to look like do you have any appointments mm -hmm. Like what, what's on the agenda? Like, don't just wake up. I made a reel about this, like literally uh, yesterday, I think, where I used to wake up and be like, fuck, what am I doing today? Like, don't do that. Do not do that. Take five to 10 minutes. Look at your calendar. Think of yes. what I did today. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That was not planned. So that was no. beautiful. Yeah, take five to 10 minutes because everyone talks about like, oh, you need to have a morning routine. No, no, no. You need to have a night routine. Morning routines are great, but you need to set yourself up for success before. It starts with the night. How are you getting enough sleep? Like These are the things that you need to have in mind as you are creating those small changes, those small changes. Um, another one is, therefore, in the morning when you do wake up, wake up five minutes earlier. 
give yourself five extra minutes so that you aren't like rushing through and bonus you can do some gratitudes positive psychology if we talk about the reticular activating system whatever we are aware of we're going to be more primed to notice things to affirm that belief and we're going to see more of it so if you start your day looking for things that you are grateful for or that make you happy then throughout your day your brain is going to be primed to do that more this isn't like you know woo woo like just think positive vibes this is actually the way that your brain functions it yes. wants to be right and it's taking in so much information that it really is in a space where it is like shutting things out that aren't on the radar and so whenever you put good things on the radar it's going to look for more good things and so exactly. start your day with like i said wake up five minutes early give yourself some space glance over whatever you said you know oh that's right like this is what i'm doing today from your nightly plan and do some gratitudes and then here emergency resilience says that's great advice i'm struggling oh, to get my routine with zero attention paid to my night routine thank you yes exactly mm -hmm. because everyone's always like morning routines yes <laughs> but what happens first you sleep you wake up <laughs> so, so can i add i have wait. something to add yeah. This is why I agree with this. You, you need to have something you do at night because the other thing is you make only so many decisions during the day. And I believe it's a huge number. It's like 30,000 or some kind of crazy ass number yeah. like that. But here's the thing at the end at, in the morning, do you want to be making those decisions or do you just want to already be able to slide into something and get it done? Yeah. No decision, no decision required. You want to make it easy for yourself. That's why they recommend things like if you're going somewhere important tomorrow to lay your clothes out tonight. Since yep. you don't have to think about that, you can think about other things tomorrow. Yep. I love that. Thank you. Yes. Um, the last thing that I had, and if you have more, let's, let's lay them on them, is sure. set reminders or alarms or something to check in with yourself throughout the day. Once your day gets going, like Audrey just said, like, you know, you wake up, like, you don't want, you, like, you got shit to do. You got to, like, make a coffee, get the kids, like, you, you brush your teeth, change your underwear, you got, you got shit to do. And so the more that you can set yourself up for success in the beginning, like, the better off you're going to be and the more space you're going to have to move through your day with mindfulness and mindfulness not being, like, you sitting there on a, you know, pillow with, like, some incense going, but mindfulness just of, like, your awareness of, what are these things that are happening in your day? How are you feeling about them? And so I like this daily check-in because if you set reminders, then you will be more apt to say like, all right, you know, it's 12 o'clock halfway through the day, not just like time for me to scarf down lunch at my desk, but have I done like everything that is on my agenda that I prepared the night before? Like, oh no, well, actually like I forgot I was supposed to do this thing. Like be mindful and check in with yourself. Um, if it's once a day, great. If you can do it more, even better. What I'm suggesting here with this is the morning or the nighttime and then the morning and then a midday check-in. But if you can do every three hours, if that's better, it might be better to start if you actually do have it a bit more frequent so that that way you can be more mindful of like your time and like you start to ingrain that like, this is what I do. Like I, I check in, like how are my goals going? How am I feeling? Am I hungry? Because a lot of times we get busy and we don't eat, which is not good for your brain either. People talk about it in terms of like metabolism and your body storing fat, but your brain needs a lot of calories to function. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave that right there. 
like your brain needs calories <laughs> to function. So when you do your check-ins, make sure that you're also asking yourself, am I hungry? Do I need a little snack? <laughs> so those are, those are what I have. Do you have anything else? Um, not really. I think you kind of hit everything that I was thinking, which was, you know, uh, be honest, um, make sure that when you're setting these kind of habits, okay, I am all for gratitude. Gratitude is one of my huge things. It's something, it's like the very first thing I started with when I started to pay attention to myself and learn about myself. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I even have a 10 day challenge that I hand out for free to people. If you're interested in something that. like that, you can message me and it'll walk you through not just sitting down and writing everything you're grateful for. Like it, it goes through a process. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, I love gratitudes. I even take it as far to have people write, like write three in the morning and three in the evening. Yes. Three in the morning, three in the evening, three, three. Anybody can name three things they're grateful for right now, this moment. And if you can't, then you have to work on that a little bit, but you should be able to name three things. Even if it's, you know, I'm happy I have a sweater on cause it's cold. Great. You can be happy that you have like air to breathe. Yes. Or clean water. Whatever, you know, like, yes. You, you don't have to, it has, doesn't have to be major things. It doesn't have to be people. Just three things you're grateful for in the morning, three things in the evening. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, that's one of my big ones. Okay, cool. So with all of that being said, how can people start to put themselves first and not feel guilty about it? So I think, um, First and foremost, if you're a people pleaser, you're not going to be able to do that very long if you're not doing something for yourself. So even if you are a people pleaser and you don't really want to let that go or you're not sure how that your life would look, um, I think that it's most important that you live to serve another day. You know, that's why um, in EMT class, they teach you that safety comes first because they want you to live to serve another day. And you should be wanting that for yourself and your own personal life also. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, I think one of the things that I like to tell people is, and this is, I mean, if you notice a trend, start small, like yes. you've yes. you got to like start small because, you know, self-care is a huge buzzword and people don't really talk about what that means in the sense of like, yes, the bath bombs and like, you know, the boundaries, <laughs> but also yeah. like you said, being honest with yourself and, accepting those parts of yourself that maybe you're not so proud of beyond the fact that you leave the tooth, the cap off of the toothpaste, but like, you know, yeah. the fact that you're jealous, the fact that, you know, there are things about your personality that you want to work on, like accepting all of it is part of, um, you know, self-care and self-acceptance. And if you are someone who's not used to being nice to yourself, then it's going to be weird. And so what mm -hmm. is the smallest thing that's going to make the biggest impact is a question that I've encouraged you to ask yourself. Because you have the answers. It's that you've been asking shitty questions. No one's been asking you the right questions. No one's been <laughs> right. asking these questions, period. And so, right. you know, what's the smallest thing that you can do that would have the biggest impact? Maybe that is, you know, turning your phone off an hour before bed. Maybe that is, like, doing check-ins with yourself throughout the day. Maybe that is, like, doing, like, what we've been sharing about setting up the night before and doing, like, three gratitudes in the morning and three gratitudes at night. Like, what's the smallest thing that you can do that would make the biggest impact? And from there, like we've spoken about, when you take action, you're going to build your inner trust and your resilience. And so it's going to start to become a situation where like you start that snowball effect, right? And so you are then going to, you know, start with something that you're not going to feel guilty about. And then from there, it's going to build. So that I think is a great um, insight on that. Do you have anything mm -hmm. else to add there? 
I would like to say, don't feel um, judgmental towards yourself either. Don't compare yourself to other people. This is your journey. Um, you should own it. It's yours. You get to do what you want with it. Yes. And, um, you know, I'll build you up that way. That's something I believe in because I didn't have people saying, no, this is your life. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to do what other people tell you. So, um, you know, small steps, definitely. I totally agree with that. In fact, I'm just reading Atomic Habits. Amazing book. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's amazing. Like it's somewhere um, here. <laughs> but, you know, atomic means small. So what's the smallest thing you can do? And just repeat that until it's a habit for you. You know, you don't have to add on huge, massive things. You don't have to constantly be thinking about, oh, my goal is to be a millionaire, but I only make $30,000 a year. You don't have to be thinking about that all the time. You have to be thinking about what's next. What's the next step? And where am I going with that? And that's it. I love that. I love that. I love that book. I love that uh, it's book. great. I can't believe I've never read it before. Like it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. Really good. So we can, yeah, that book gives me a walk. Um, yeah. That's the second time I've said that this week. Actually, that book gives me a walk. <laughs> Maybe I should go read it again. And so, yeah, I love that book. So, um, we ask people as well, name three things a paramedic does. So we're going to share those and then we're going to talk about our key takeaways and we'll be done. So three things a paramedic does. This was a question Audrey had. And I was like, that's great. Like, I don't know if I, I mean, I know, but like, I people don't know. know. I'm going to also say that um, I'm, I'm building a class to actually teach people about what EMS is just a basic, like anybody can take the course. Like, yes. If you've ever wondered what we do, if you've ever wondered why you get a fire department and an ambulance at your house, when you have a, an ambulance call or, you know, all those kind of basic questions, like what is ALS? What does that mean for emergency services and not just that disease that people have you know like mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things mm -hmm. um that people don't understand so for me it was really funny because i really just want to know if people know and i created a survey because i'm trying to build this course and i asked people like one of the questions was a similar thing and people were literally like got me i have no idea so I want to hear what people said on your poll if they answer, because two people answered on mine, but they're people I work with. So they were like, well, I think you mostly get hurt all the time. And then you get yelled at all the time. And I was like, well, yeah, that happens. <laughs> it's not my job description, but it, it does happen. So, you know, they said those kind of answers, not real answers. That's hilarious. Okay. I got some real answers for you. I got some real answers. All right. So determine the severity, provide aid and comfort. Good, good answers. Uh, start IV, give meds, insert emergency airways. Yeah. Triage, initial treatment and transport. That one sounds like a pro. It does. Yeah, that's definitely in a book somewhere. I was like, that one, I saw that one and I was like, I think you might be one. I think you that's, might be one. Summed uh, up real good. Yeah. And then assist those in need. Sure. Yep. I do all those things. All I do, I literally do all those things. Um, I made a list on mine that said, you know, do paramedics do these three things? And I put like four groups of three things mm -hmm. and I literally do all of those things. And most people just put the one which included um, I start IVs and I give meds and I think airway intervention. So, you know, somebody there nailed it. But <laughs> yeah, um, paramedics do all kinds of things. They do not just direct patient care, but they do, you know, they take care of the trucks just as much as their partners or EMTs or everybody else. Um, you know, we're responsible for 
um, not just IV and medication and airway stuff, but we read EKGs and, you know, we make those kind of decisions. Is this something we need to act on right immediately or is this something that can wait a little bit? Um, we do all kinds of paperwork, just crazy amounts of paperwork, repetitive paperwork. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, most importantly, we, um, most of us drink coffee and try not to have horrible coping mechanisms, even though we absolutely have horrible coping mechanisms. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, so I, great. Oh, go yeah. ahead. What you say? No, go ahead. I was going to say, um, final things, I think that what do paramedics do? And I kind of lost my train of thought, but so go ahead and say what you're going to say. Yeah, and then I'll... I was gonna, that's a great segue about the horrible coping mechanisms, because my final question is, what are some mm -hmm. tips to practice good self-care if you're a first responder? Oh, that's, that's a really good one. Um, I think it's really important that um, going back to be honest, you have to be honest when you're bothered with something because you need to take care of that. You can't hold on to it. Um, but I think, you know, tips for first responders would be for me, make sure you have somebody you can talk to that you trust. Um, make sure that it's, you're not just taking over their space also. You know, sometimes people aren't ready to deal with the things that we deal with. So even if you are talking about um, a therapist, make sure that they're ready to handle that because they might not be. Right. Because it can be um, heavy. Yes. Um, find a good teacher or mentor and somebody that you can, you know, keep in touch with years after you've actually been uh, working with them. I think that's important too. And you should always be willing to learn something. And so a lot of times I say, you know, if there's a weekend, you need to take a week off, a weekend off, a day off to go to a, an educational, um, you know, symposium or something like that. That's something else that I think you can do for self-care. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're improving yourself by going to those things, but it might also give you some space that you need to, you know, move away from the job. And so it kind of, it's an excuse, but yet um, I think it's an acceptable excuse. Yeah. You know, a lot of people aren't willing to say, oh, I need to take time off. But I think if you need to take time off, you need to take time off and just find a way to make it happen, yeah. you know, in a way that makes sense for you and is going to be positive and help you out in the long run, as opposed to just throwing your hands up in there one day and leaving because that's where you found yourself. Right, because it got to that breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All great. All great. I mean, you know, great and I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a big proponent of eating healthier yeah. and moving your body too. Yeah. But I know that some people are just resistant to that. Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't, again, doesn't mean great things. If you just want to take a walk every other day, take a walk every other day. Good for you. Exactly. So, so, so start small. Eat a carrot. Like, yes. yes. Start small. Yeah. Um, so, okay, cool. So key takeaways, uh, you have permission to put yourself first, not that you needed it, but we are here to give Absolutely. it to you, regardless of whether you are a first responder, Audrey's giving y'all that uh, permission. Um, or if you are just one of the, the civilians, do y'all call us civilians? Um, public, we don't, I don't usually use the term civilian because I feel like I'm not in the army. Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> It can feel like the army sometimes, but I've heard other people use it, but I don't usually use that term. So, okay. but the, the us, us, us non first responder people, um, yes, you are worthy simply by being, and there are hotlines to speak professionals. Um, some of the other things we talked about in terms of how to create small changes or like small changes that will make big shit or excuse me, small shifts that will make big changes. And that mm -hmm. is to start small let it be simple. It gets to be easy. Let it. And to, you know, be honest with yourself, start with the nighttime, start your routine, then start trying to make those changes, then do your gratitudes and um, 
your accomplishments in the morning and the evening. And we talked about why this isn't just like, you know, manifestation. This is how your brain works. So <laughs> keep that in mind as well. This is actual science. Um, and so, yeah. Do you have, what are your key takeaways? Um, my key takeaways are um, all of those things as well as, again, I'm just, if you do have any kind of issues that come up, please, please, please reach out to somebody, anybody. You know what I mean? Uh, not just the resources we provided here. Um, you can reach out to us. We'll gladly help you if we can or help you find other resources if you need to. Um, I think that if you're interested in becoming a first responder, I think you should definitely do some education on that. You know, look into it. Uh, talk to people who are in the field. Talk to people who can help you. Um, if you're in a class and you need more, um, I've done some mentoring, um, a lot of mentoring. So, you know, reach out. I can help you or find someone to help you. Um, definitely just please be aware of yourself and that will help you actually increase your awareness of others and you'll be a better responder for that. And if you were one of the people that said you were drained AF at the end of the week, slide into our DMs so that we can, yeah. so we can have a conversation about what's going on with you and <laughs> your life. True. So, okay. Well, where can they find you and what do you have going on? Okay. So I'm here on Instagram. Um, feel free to, you know, follow me. Feel free to also I'm going to post a link to that survey for my class that I'm trying to build uh, later uh, when I get off here. So feel free to fill out the survey. And if you have any kind of questions or that, um, I'm on Facebook. I don't do a lot on Facebook at the moment, but that's going to change this year. It's in my year plan, which is here on the wall. Just so you know, I am a planner. I love this. Um, so. Uh, you can go to Facebook and just type in a medic's heart. There's no underscores in that on um, Facebook um, or feel free to follow me personally, Audrey Hartwick. I'm there again on Facebook, you know, um, I do have a website. It's called uh, a medic's heart. Of course, medicsheart.com. Uh, it gives you all kinds of information and it talks to you. Uh, there's even a page about my wellness journey. If you're interested in, you know, uh, me eating healthy and working out. And if you are interested in first responders doing that as well, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about those things. Um, my my Gmail is uh, a medic's heart at gmail.com. So feel free to message me here or there or anywhere. Uh, just keep your eye out. And if you know anybody that needs anything, you know, I'm always willing to talk to somebody even just for a few minutes, if that's going to help. Thank you. Thank you for offering that and being so available. And I'm going to link, um, it's everything's a medic's, a medic's heart, but uh, yep. make sure to link it in the description. And so you can follow her there and just like find more resources. Um, and connect with Audrey directly. You had mentioned you have your 10 day challenge. Tell us about that. Oh, um, okay. That. So your 10 day gratitude challenge. Tell us. So I got kind of dark here. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what that's all it's, about, but it's, it's 4 p.m. It's daylight it just, savings time. It's, that it's cool. okay. <laughs> don't get me started on that. Don't get me started. That's that. all. It's the normal thing. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I wrote a gratitude challenge about a year ago, I think. I introduced it to the world, and um, it was an email challenge that people just signed up, and every single day they got an email that said, hey, this is what we're talking about today, and here's some simple, simple steps that you can take today to um, open yourself up for gratitude. So the first couple of days are actually not even writing down anything you're grateful for. It's literally, hey, if you're going to um, practice gratitude in a certain space, Let's clean that space so that you don't have clutter uh, junking up your mind and it, you're not getting distracted and you're not wondering where things are and all that good stuff. And then also um, in the challenge, I link to some information so you can go to like 
Um, one of them is Harvard University study. And I think that's the one about cleaning up your clutter. Um, so there's all kinds of good information in that. And if you're interested in that, please uh, message me or email and I'll just send you the file and you can work at it one day at a time. It's 10 days long. Um, you do get to make some lists. You do get to set some times. And just like Jonna mentioned earlier, I have literally in the directions, pull your phone out, set your timer for 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes to fill this out. Yeah. Go. No more, no less. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. And so, yeah, I'll definitely mention that as well in the description. Um, one thing that I want to say is thank you for being here, like, and having this conversation oh. and being so honest and transparent and sharing your experience and sharing these tips that I think can really, I think are really helpful um, to anyone, mm. despite whether or not they are a civilian as I have named us <laughs> or a first responder. And so, yeah. yeah, just thank you for being here and having this conversation with me. Um, well, thanks for the space. Of course, anytime. And, you know, to closing thoughts from my point of view, like we've spoken a lot about, you know, putting yourself first and having the awareness of like when you need to do that and like how you're doing that and, you know, simple steps to do it. And I had mentioned earlier that like, it's weird if you've never done it before and it can be yeah. something where like you don't know how to do it. And so I think that's part of the block that so many people experience when they are trying to start like a self-care practice or journey or whatever you want to call it. And um, it, it's, it's tough to get going. And so that's why I work with clients like one-on-one, I have a program and we spend so much time focusing on that. But beyond that, what I've done, um, I created a resource that is five reasons why self-help isn't helping because we see like the books we read, like, you know, the affirmations and we're just like, I, I don't feel any better. And so if you want to, if that is you, if you're wondering like why the self-help isn't helping, <laughs> definitely yeah. DM me and I will send you um, the link to where you can get more information about that. Or you can go to when self-help isn't helping.com and you can um, find more about it there. And it's five reasons why self-help isn't helping based on science and what you can do instead. And again, this isn't some huge like production. These are small things that you can do where you're gonna read it and you're gonna be like, I mean, that that's it. I'm like, yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it gets to be easy. And if it weren't, you wouldn't do it. And that's something they talk about a lot in Atomic Habits as well. So definitely let me know yeah. if you um, if that's you and you need to know why the self-help isn't helping or go to when self-help isn't helping.com and you get it there. Mm. Um, and otherwise, Next week, I'm going to be back with Abigail, who's also a Journey graduate, and um, she hosts a podcast called Anxiety Warriors, and we are going to be having a conversation about self-worth, so right in alignment with, yeah. yeah, what we've been talking about, so that's going to be next Friday, February 4th. We're already in February. Like, yeah. What yeah. the fuck? I know. <laughs> yeah, and that's also going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern, so... That is what I have for you, Audrey. Thank you so much for being here. This is amazing. And thank you so much for doing what you do for everyone, whether that be as a first responder, as a life coach, as both. That is beautiful. And we love you for it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jonna. Bye. I'll have a great Bye. weekend.